When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Are you a lifelong fan of General Hospital? Are you a new fan who wants to know more about the history of the show? Do you enjoy talking about the show with others? Do you find yourself yelling at the TV? Is your self-care an hour a day in Port Charles? If so, we invite you to join hosts Amanda Kimmel and Shannon Coach at the place where all the hidden conversations take place and secrets are revealed. Meet us at Pier 54, a General Hospital fan podcast. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the Port Charles 411, the one that we have been putting off forever. We are finally getting started on our, as best we can, full recap of the character Bobby Spencer. It was really difficult doing the research even leading up to this. Um, Couldn't really find a lot. Not even a lot of early, early videos. I was trying to find like her first scene and I couldn't find it. So I could not find videos and I read the articles. The good thing about doing it right now is there's 100,000 articles out there by 100,000 different people. They also based all say basically the same thing, which is good information if you just want like a slight overview. But I wanted a little more information because right. I love Bobby and I I don't remember whenever she first started because she was there before we were born. I love being able to say that about characters. I know. I mean, it's really great. sad as we get older and we have to be like, oh, I was 15 when they started, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. No, I like this. And now they're parents. On before we were born. Yes. Because we're just so young. Um, so I went to the General Hospital Complete Scrapbook, which we have referenced many times before. And I like the scrapbook. We've talked about it before that, uh, as you get more into like the time that we remember the nineties, it didn't give enough detail for us. I think that's because we love our storyline and we mm-hmm. didn't like that. It like talked about the other stuff. Right. But when you're back in the early eighties and or seventies, eighties, it gives good detail. So if you read something on top of what I'm reading, I'm sure it is accurate. The book didn't mention it. And I just liked this because it gave more like, and then they said, blah, blah, blah. And little clip it. Right. I like hearing like the clips that we watched. Well, Cause even our curly Q girl. Yeah. Doesn't. Well, I mean, she started in 1978. So there's a lot from there, but yeah. Right. So I'm reading from the book. 
I may let Shannon have a turn, but I don't know because I'm like really excited to read all this. I really did not do very much. <laughs> and she, but, but we'll be reversed next week because she'll right. know all the things and I'll just I have to talk all about BJ. Yeah. And then I'll have all I, the input of being sad and remembering that time. I get to share that horrible and, story. And not that the she heartbreaking can't. story. Exactly. Not that she can't read from the book, but because this is when. Bobby was like really being like scandalous whenever people talk about we had to forgive each other for the past and like all the eulogies and stuff. And we're still kind of like forgive each other for what? Because my first real memory of Bobby was Bobby and Tony whenever they got engaged. I will never forget their engagement. It is the engagement that I wanted. The Frisco and Felicia wedding. Her dress was beautiful. She looked like a princess. Frisco, even at the age that I was then, was very handsome, had a very nice voice. My older sister had a crush on him, which meant I had to have a crush on him. Of course. But the engagement that I wanted was Bobby and Tony. And so that's my first, like, going forward. So if you go from that point on... Is that what I'm going to be covering? I will have the engagement and a little bit after that, and then you'll get into, like, the sad stuff. Ha! Yay! um, Yay for me! Exactly. So... My memories are really, like, when people talk about Bobby doing bad things, I know we heard, like, oh, she was younger, she had to be a prostitute. In my mind, she was 15, 16, so she had to be a prostitute. So that wasn't really bad. It was circumstances. Right. And then from her being with Tony on, like, what did she do bad? She was married to Tony. They had... BJ, who was in the accident, they gave her heart away. She's a nurse. She does. What are people talking about these bad things? And that is all of this. So I get to read it and you can just sit there. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, because so even like the curly cute girl didn't have the week by week or month by month breakdowns. Like it was, I think there was only four DVDs that basically had like a quick overview. Right. So it does. It wasn't really. It does mention that she came on in 1977, but the 1977 write up of this does not have anything that she did. So I'm assuming that she was just like, there's December is when okay. she came. So okay. it's like 1978. They have is, a very pretty picture of her. Where are they? Beautiful the picture. Little hat that uh, Felicia and Anna were just yes. talking about. And it's his head writer. Douglas Marland gave General Hospital a dose of vitality when sexy student nurse Bobby Spencer arrived on General Hospital's seventh floor in 1977. Bobby desperately tried to keep her sordid street walking past a secret from her new friends and colleagues at the hospital. Mm. But in 77, December makes sense. Thanks for knowing the dates because I didn't. So then in 78... There was Barbara Jean Spencer, or simply Bobby, as she was known to her friends. The flame-haired student nurse with the bright smile and bubbly personality found herself smitten with law student Scotty Baldwin, <gasps> who was in the midst of a stormy courtship with Laura. Vining at the time. Exactly. Okay. Between his law studies and his support for his stepfather, Lee, who had fallen off the wagon and once again was battling alcoholism. <laughs> I was just asking someone the other day, is it off or on? So falling off the wagon means you're back, you're back with your vice. Okay. Yes. There okay. you go. Um, Scotty had a little time to spend with Laura, and Laura's infatuation with David Hamilton <gasps> irritated Scotty. After one of Laura and Scotty's squabbles, Bobby was there to pick up Scotty's spirits by taking him home to her rooming house, which was strictly against house policy. <gasps> Bobby paid a heavy price for taking in her overnight guest, eviction. Oh. Yeah. I don't think I'd have a man come home if I knew I could get evicted. Like, that's right. Mm-mm. 
Anyway, with no place to turn, she accepted Jesse Brewer's generous offer to move into her spare room. Oh, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I know. I'm telling you, this is all the juicy stuff. Weeks later, Bobby's fears were realized when she, oh, I'm sorry. So it gives like a little blah, blah, blah about, um, sorry, one day at the hospital, a startled Bobby ran into Cal Jameson, the very same scoundrel who was attempting to extort money from Jeff Weber. He vaguely recognized Bobby, and she nervously tried to hide the fact that she recognized him. Oh! Jameson's presence unnerved Bobby. She knew that it was just a matter of time before he would recall where they'd met. Weeks before, Bobby's fear... I'm sorry, weeks later, Bobby's fears were realized when she received a special delivery letter from Cal Jameson threatening to expose her former lifestyle. Mm-mm. As a hooker. Is and, that what the book says? Yes. Okay. As a hooker. In case you didn't know. <laughs> and that's what the book says. Yes. Yes. That was a proper terminology back then. I mean, they said that acceptable because right. Cause somebody said, who was that? Full? It was, oh, they said that she was, was shamed it, of as, yeah. Was it Tracy who said if, Somebody said they knew better back then. And Tracy Tracy said, and Carly had the conversation about that. they sh- Because Carly told Tracy she had been helping girls who were oh, being trafficked. Oh, she was talking about Luke. And, right. She said Luke should have helped Bobby. Yes. And yes. Tracy and said, And that's why, you- darn it, that's why it got in my head that Luke was going to be the one that he was the helped. coordinator. Yes. Because he was going to be helping these girls that he saw because, because he, he hadn't been able to help Bobby. Bobby. And then when Bobby was there trying to settle his affairs, she found him. And by the way, guys, um, this is uh, January 2024. We just did Bobby's funeral so this is where my speculation is coming from. This did not actually happen. If you're listening to this in the future, <laughs> so like, my speculation, right? No, my speculation was that Luke was the coordinator. And my thought was, and that's where I got that thought from yes. was because Tracy said something about, well, we know better now. And Carly was like, you, you knew, you better, knew then. better back then. And Tracy's like, yeah, we just didn't. She said back then it wouldn't have been the Believed. guy that got in trouble. Yeah. It would have been Bobby. Right. So, right. Now it's called sex trafficking when you have young girls doing things right out of desperation. Right. Back then, she was just considered. Well, and they didn't talk about the fact this week that it was Ruby that was the yeah. one doing it. Yeah. Who she was an adult when yeah. she, but thankfully, I'm glad that they did not touch on that during her memorial because they loved Ruby. Right. So whatever yeah. happened, they worked through. So, yes. So the book does say a hooker. Um, and he had a picture to prove it. Uh, now I want to know, like, was it a Polaroid? Like, what kind of camera were you using? No, in he put that away. He would have had. Oh yeah, I guess maybe. When did Polaroid happen? Nine. I don't Polaroid. know. Polaroid. You keep reading, and I'll How find do you it. snap a picture and someone not know. But a Polaroid, definitely, I guess someone would notice because that made that <laughs> noise. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was and then you have to out. shake it a shake little. Shake it like a Polaroid picture. Um, to keep Jameson at bay. <laughs> All these kids are like, I know that song. Oh, exactly. No, guys, that came oh my gosh. from something. I'm going to throw a little mini reality check in the middle of this. We were watching Celebrity Jeopardy the other day. Okay. And it asked a question about a song, and I can't remember what song it was now, which it won't really matter if you're listening to this in the future, because just a song. And um, Madeline instantly was like, what is blah, 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 blah. And Ryan was like, how do you know that song? That song is so old. And she's like, oh, it's on TikTok. So there oh, you go. Kids learn things. So, Are you talking about Heya? No. Or no, you were just talking about in general, the song. In general, okay, okay, song. okay. I'll have to ask her what song that was. Okay. But 
anyway, yeah. So if you don't know what shake it like a Polaroid picture is, then you can, I don't know what'll be available after TikTok, but look that up. Maybe you'll find it. <laughs> so anyway, to keep Jameson at bay, a jittery Bobby began to send him hush money, which is like sad because she probably didn't have much money. So right. she's just a nursing student. Yeah. So then the Bobby-Scotty relationship began to fail when Scotty chose to devote more time to Laura. He tried to be honest with Bobby, sharing his feelings about Laura with her, but Bobby simply refused to listen. She had feelings for Scotty. In fact, Scott Baldwin was the first man. This is so sad and sweet at the same time. Scotty Baldwin was the first man Bobby Spencer had ever slept with whom she truly loved. Oh, Right? Like... I'm glad that they said loved and not just, okay. Yeah. yeah. First man oh, she truly oh. loved. So believing that Scotty's change of heart was all Laura's fault, a scheming Bobby set out to destroy her rival. Bobby placed a call to her older brother, Luke, asking for his help in sending Laura to reform school. This chick has been trouble for me for a long time. I want her sent to reform school, she told Luke. Bobby engineered a plan designed to make Laura break her curfew. And she convinced Luke to do the dirty work. Love how much the breaking right? coffee was scandalous. Right? <laughs> I miss these innocent days from before I was born. Right? <laughs> Knowing that Scotty planned to take Laura for a, air quote, special dinner at the Lakeview Lodge, a hotel and restaurant, Ooh. 40 miles from Port Charles, Bobby coerced her brother to sneak into the restaurant parking lot, lift the hood on Scotty's car, and tamper with the engine so that it would break down on the road back to Port Charles. No problem for Luke. He'd made a career out of performing low-level crimes much more difficult than this. <laughs> there ain't no mechanic up here in the boondocks who is ever going to figure out what I did with that carburetor, he boasted to a, in a phone call to Bobby. Bobby added to the scheme by calling the Lakeview Lodge to make a a reservation in Scotty Baldwin's name. This way it will look like they had more than dinner in mind. Bobby's plan worked like a charm. Of course, Bobby put the finishing touches on her scheme by secretly placing a call to John Higgins, the court appointed investigator, alerting him to Laura's probation violation. This was back whenever like that whole who killed whatever blah blah David blah. David Hamilton. Before, but I didn't get into all that because that's not Bobby. Correct. Thanks to Luke, who assisted Bobby in scheme after scheme, the threat of reform school became a stark reality. And in those and if those maneuvers didn't work to get Laura out of Scotty's mind, then Bobby had one more trick up her sleeve. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, my. Okay. Pregnancy. <gasps> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So then we move on to 1979. And hold on. Wait a second. Luke came, I know that Luke came after Bobby. His whole reason for coming was to break up Scotty and Laura. Mm -hmm. Or to get, okay. But, but like, but that, that, yes, that's the whole reason he came was Bobby called him and was like, hey, big brother, help me out. And he was like, okay, do anything for my sister. So cute. I, even back then. But I love that the core of that entire thing carried through their entire time on the show. Right. Like, it's not like the animosity between Luke and Scott and the complexity of Laura being involved and Bobby being involved ever went away. It just changed over. Wow. Okay. Okay. I knew this, but I guess just hearing it said that way was just like, mm -hmm. I know. I that's know. really. Okay. So I'm going to like sidetrack. This is not Bobby. This is just a fun, fun general hospital fact that neither of us knew. We do that all the time. It's okay. 
So over the years, General Hospital has often dealt frankly and realistically with the psychological problems of the residents of Port Charles. Mm -hmm. On several occasions, Dr. Irene Catasora, a real-life psychologist, has led on-air group therapy sessions. Unique to daytime drama, the scenes were freewheeling and virtually unscripted. What? Here, Dr. Cavassa spearheads a 1978 encounter group involving Leslie Weber's troubles with her teenage daughter, Laura. Isn't that the coolest thing ever? Oh my gosh! <laughs> like, and again, I know, I'm sorry, it just has to do with Bobby, but I can't ignore no, the little side issues. Because I'm like, blah, 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 you know, just reading for, you know, to find the Bobby stuff. And I'm like, what? They had a therapist do groups, but they told them unscripted. No, no, just go from your real life and let's see what happens. And it wow, that's so cool. Okay, so I know that AA is supposed to be anonymous and everything, but that really would be great if they had people volunteering, right, to be part of the AA meetings that we see. Obviously, they are not going to be anonymous, but actually sharing. Right? How many times could that possibly have actually happened, though? And we don't even know. Right. Okay. Cool. So excited. All right. All right. So now it's 1979. For a time in early 1979, it appeared as if Bobby had won her war against Laura by claiming to be pregnant with Scotty's child. And to ensure that her scheme would work, Bobby saw to it that all the bases were covered, even producing a positive pregnancy test. Oh. Simple test. She was a nurse. Switch. So we were switching test results way back in 79. Okay. The convinced Scotty she was telling the, the one truth. was on the show. No, that would be such a good fact. <laughs> okay. We need to find that out. If anyone knows that, like write in and tell us because that'd be Great. so cool. Yeah. By tricking Scotty into a marriage proposal to give the baby a last name, Bobby opened up the old wounds of Laura's mistrust of people. Scotty reluctantly agreed to marry Bobby, but not to sleep with her ever again. Oh, not sure how that was going to work, Scotty, but okay. Fortunately, their wedding would never happen. Just days before the nuptials were to take place, Leslie's secret sleuthing proved that Bobby was never really pregnant. A relieved Scotty blasted Bobby for her trickery, then raced back into Laura's open arms. Oh, yep. Bobby, not one to take defeat lightly, continued to make plans for revenge on all those who had caused her hurt and humiliation. She was more desperate than ever to break up Scotty and Laura and continued to put out SOS calls to the master, Luke, to to help her with her dirty work. But Luke was becoming bored with her vengeance plots. Was his once cold-hearted... Was his once cold heart beginning... No. Was his once cold heart beginning to warm towards his former enemy, Laura Weber. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. I wonder how that's going to work out for them. <laughs> oh, my. I wonder what's going to happen. Oh, I will say that I did watch the, there was a video. I think it was after the um, night at the disco. Okay. Where Luke assaulted Laura, okay. that she was home and Scotty was like, I'm really glad that Luke is able, like, Luke's there to take care of you. You know, like, he felt comfortable with Luke being, I I didn't get the whole around the scene and everything, but I was like, so Scotty didn't always hate Luke? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Okay, so there was, like, back and forth between Laura and Scotty because the wedding wasn't coming fast enough and she wasn't trusting him and blah, blah, blah. Not going to get into Laura and Scotty because that's Laura and Scotty. So... Scotty's upset because Laura's losing trust in him, blah, blah, blah. In despair, Scotty turns to drink. 
Thankfully, Brian and Lee, both recovering alcoholics, pulled him out of the trap, but not before Bobby hatched another elaborate scheme designed to snare Scotty once and for all. Bobby convinced her sometimes boyfriend, Roy DeLuca, Mm -hmm. as a practical joke, to lift the ring from Scotty's pocket and one night at the disco persuaded the bartender to slip a Mickey. <laughs> I love this terminology. Slip a Mickey to Scotty. Bobby then took a semi-conscious Scotty back to his apartment and awaited Laura's appearance. When the doorbell rang at his apartment, Bobby dimmed the lights, messed up her hair, then made certain that Scotty's ring was on her finger before opening the door to a stunned Laura. And this is the clip that we that saw. That they just showed on the Why memorial. Why do you look so surprised, haunted Bobby? How long did you think you could treat Scotty like dirt without him turning to someone else? I had no idea that that was like, it didn't really happen. Right. Like Bobby or Scotty was not part of willing. Yes. Lee. Right. Did you know with that? Bobby? No. No. It's like, what? I thought it was Bobby. Or, uh, Scotty was upset about. Laura and so therefore he hooked up with Bobby and Bobby just you know the whole the stereotypical right. scene where right they just cheat on each other because that's what they right. do all the time but it wasn't it was Bobby basically drugged Scotty and then led Laura to believe that Scotty was there on his own free will yep 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 so then Scotty and uh, Laura reconcile back together whatever married blah 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 so Free of her obsession for Scotty, Bobby found herself falling in love with Roy DeLuca. Within weeks, they were engaged. To add to the rosy scenario, Bobby soon became a full-fledged nurse to the delight of her mentor, Jesse Brewer. Bobby's private life was in turmoil, though. Her scandalous past life as a hooker came back to haunt her. Now, blackmailer Cal Jamison demanded $1,000 mm. or her... Sw- or he swore to provide Audrey with explicit details of her past, including pictures. Thousand dollars is a lot of money back then, that's, especially I still want to be a new nurse. Like, yeah. sorry, you're gonna have to that's send those pictures now. in. I don't have a thousand dollars, but a I just money now to I be mean, like that's a lot of money. But like a, to hush hush something forever, right, right? Okay, like if you could hide any dirty secrets you had for a thousand dollars, you'd come up with it. But back then, like, I'm not sure that that you would. Um, that's the equivalent of $4,031.07 today. Oh, hold it. No, that's wrong. I'm sorry. That was in 2022. So it's probably closer to like maybe $4,500 now. All right. So then Luke was getting involved, um, with Frank Smith and all them, that stuff was happening. Okay. Not going too far into it, but that's where we're at. And, um, he was at the time marked for death. So as counterpoint to this action, Bobby found herself confronted in the hospital by a former John and the shocking truth that Bobby was once a former hooker finally came out for all to hear. When Roy found out, he beat the man up and furiously confronted Bobby. Hopelessly embarrassed, Bobby gave Roy back her engagement ring. Sad. Mm -hmm. It's not like she was doing it while they were together. No. No, exactly. She'd done it years and years before. Like, dude. And she was only doing it because she had to. This was the year that um, Aunt Ruby came to town also. Where's the Forest Hills? And I know if you're in New York, there's a Forest Hills, New York. There's a Forest Hills, Pennsylvania. But in the 80s, they're constantly talking about the Forest Hills Sanitarium. Like, that's a special, special place. FYI. Did we go over that? I don't remember us talking about that. I feel like we might have. Just because I feel like we had this conversation about, hey, look at that's Yeah, we did. 
Did we? It was the local sanitarium. Heather Weber was first locked up there. And that's when she met Sarah Abbott. And that's when Heather even hid a gun in the doll that she always carried around. A doll? Yeah, Heather was carrying around. Oh, oh, because she was, like, weird about the whole baby stuff. Yes. Yes. Okay, so that is what um, all of the rest of 79 and 80 get into. It doesn't really mention Bobby that much because this is all Luke and Laura and yeah they um, kind of ruled the yeah anyone and Alan was having his illegitimate children with someone and Laura wasn't sure what was going to happen with them Luke and Laura all the way into 81 it was so hard to not want to just continue reading all of this stuff Does it oh not talk about Luke or Roy um it doesn't it doesn't talk about Roy as anything more than like part of uh luke's whole stuff because now we're getting into the ice princess too because laura and luke are working for frank smith blah 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 okay so i will say that so i'm just looking on fandom go ahead and it says that she then fell in love with her brother's business partner roy deluca they planned on getting married but he died in her arms after an assassination oh. attempt on a prominent politician there was a picture and of then that. after okay here she fell in love with dr noah drake Okay, yeah, hold when on. When did she? Okay, so, so that fun. was 79. Um, I love you. And we've seen this before. I love you were the last words spoken by Bobby Spencer's fiance, Roy DeLuca, who was gunned down by security guards after his failed attempt to complete a mob ordered hit on newly elected state senator Mitch Williams. Right, because that was at, that was Tracy's. Yeah. Yes. Mortally wounded, Roy stumbled to the street and died in Bobby's arm. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. Sorry. I no, I, re- I, had, I remember I had a, seeing that was definitely I had a post in the, on the great memories the picture, and didn't okay. realize that I hadn't just moved it. So thank you for calling me, calling me out on that. I just, I remembered that Roy died in the seventies and that's why I was like, I feel like he died before. And she was so sad. Luke and Laura. She was so sad. Well, that was the whole, um, Roy worked with Luke and he was in right. all the schemey stuff. Yes. So not steamy, schemey schemey stuff so he um got killed then so then it moves on to what you were just saying bobby was now romantically involved with a dashing hip new surgeon noah drake the romance swiftly progressed to the serious stage but bobby's past was about to catch up with her after they made love for the first time she moved some of her belongings into noah's apartment still the roving romeo could not bring himself to make a commitment Frustrated by the fact that Noah couldn't say I love you, Bobby faked blindness. What? <laughs> Bobby what? faked blindness to gain his affection. Although Noah That's a in, new one, right? <laughs> your husband ever starts being a jerk, just I can't say. <laughs> I'm sure it was a little more involved than that. But. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Although Noah admitted his love in a moment of panic, he later recanted his confession. <gasps> Ouch! I know. No one can force another person to love them, he coldly told Bobby. Heartbroken and split up with Noah, she prepared to leave Port Charles. Aren't you so sad? Yeah. It's not nice. No. Um, And then it does have a picture of Bobby Spencer sharing a relaxing evening with handsome surgeon Dr. Noah Drake. Bobby hoped to marry Noah, but the blue-blooded Romeo couldn't bear the thought of settling down. I would love to see more of his information, too. Because yeah. they talk about what a playboy he was. 
Um, and then there's more about Luke and Laura and Tiffany and all of that. And then we move into 1982. Nice picture of Luke and Jackie Templeton. Not good, not good. They need to stay away from each other. Oh, Robert and Tiffany. See, this is like, I remember this stuff from my mom. And then we get into 83 was whenever we got some more good Bobby Bobby uh, information. Okay. So she greeted her brother Luke's return with a mixture of shock and joy. And this was, remember him and Laura went away for a while and then yeah. they were doing whatever. So that's, that's what, what year is this? From. 83, did I just say? Oh, Luke died in the avalanche in 83, I think. <laughs> yes. You know. Great red memories. Yeah. Avalanche. While on a hiking trip in the mountains in 1983, Luke Spencer suddenly heard a strange rumbling noise. Looking up, he was horrified to see a wall of snow descending toward him, hit by the full force of the avalanche. Avalanche. Luke was paralyzed, it says. They, I thought that they thought he was dead because that's when Holly thought that he was pregnant with his baby. And that's why Robert married her to keep her in the States. Right. <laughs> I love this show. <laughs> yeah. Because it goes on to say that Robert insisted after she was a U.S. citizen, she could have Luke's baby and then get a divorce. All right. But I'm not going into all that. Okay. The, the picture specifically says paralyzed. That's all I'm going to go with that. Cause if not, we're in a whole new rabbit hole. Yep. So he returns and Bobby's like, Oh my gosh, Luke, I can't believe you're here. I'm so shocked and joyed. And Bobby's own love life has taken a dramatic turn after saying goodbye once and for all to Noah Drake. He left by the way, alone mm-hmm. and dismayed Noah left general hospital for a new surgical position in Atlanta. Poor Bobby. All of her men just keep leaving her. Um, Oh, and then it has a little snippet of Luke running for office and his opponent was Lee Baldwin. Mm -hmm. And that then uh, Scotty artfully began using smear tactics to discredit Luke. And he even threatened to expose Bobby's past life as a hooker in an attempt to persuade Luke to drop out of the mayoral race. Bobby and Ruby pled with him to stop, but Scotty denied any involvement in the smear campaign. And then finally, Ruby told Lee what was going on. And that goes into a storyline about them. But I can't believe, like, when Scotty talks about being a jerk to Bobby, I did not know. Yeah, he he really, um, under... (sighs) He didn't tell what a jerk he was? Yeah. So, all right, then Bobby gets involved with, uh, Brock. DL Brock. I'm not sure that I can't, I don't want to get into all the stuff of like whatever. It is crazy to read all this though. And already hear them talking about like the DVX and all that stuff. And I'm like, they really did a good job of bringing all this stuff back because you're yeah. like invested now. So in September, Bobby discovered that she was pregnant with Brock's child. However, she couldn't tell him because the hard headed DL Brock who had a grown daughter, Terry had made it abundantly clear that he didn't want any more kids. Oh, to make matters worse. Bobby soon learned that her pregnancy was in jeopardy because of her previous abortions. Bobby, however, <gasps> suffered a miscarriage. I know. I never knew why when she did they have kids when, Oh, I did not know that she couldn't have kids, but she could not. So other people are getting pregnant. Bobby's getting sad. She's upset. So in the hospital, a depressed and secretive Bobby called off her wedding to Brock after suffering the miscarriage. Upon her release, she received more devastating news when Dr. Mason informed her that she should have a hysterectomy. Troubled by the cold facts, Bobby put off the painful decision. So then we move on to 84 
And real quick, fandom says that she did not tell DL after she miscarried. No. That's what I was waiting to hear. Oh, okay. Nope, 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 nope. She did not tell him. We're going to get into that into 84. So mm -mm. the new year began with the simple wedding of Bobby Spencer and DL Brock. Just before the ceremony, Bobby informed Ruby that she still hadn't told Brock she needed a hysterectomy. Lee pronounced Bobby and Brock husband and wife, and Bobby cringed slightly when her groom offered a toast to his bride. Mm. To Bobby, who will make the best wife and mother ever. Oh, I know. So sad. Let me see where it goes to next. I, I was loving this storyline. Not loving it like in a good way. No, it's, well, it's a lot of information that we've never right. really heard like about. Had books for so long, and I've never gone back and read the early stuff because it was before me. Right. So stuff going on between Brock and Rick Weber and all this other stuff. And this is whenever um, Ginny Blake was around and she was claiming to be Mike's mother. Remember we talked about the mm-hmm. kid, Mike, that they mm-hmm. wanted to adopt, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So that's all of that stuff. So at the same time, meanwhile, Bobby, dismayed that she couldn't give Brock a child, overheard him on the phone with Ginny. And she began to suspect that he was having an affair. When she confronted him, Brock reassured his new wife that she was the only one and suggested that she looks into adopting a child. But when she set up the appointment with an adoption agency, he refused to go. Mm. So she was sad there. So you can't really force that on someone, though. Like, yeah, but why are you going to suggest it to me and then not go with me? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like, don't even mention it then. Yeah. What the heck? What are you doing, Brock? Okay, so then... There was a storm of controversy erupting at General Hospital when Brock exposed Dr. Rick Weber as a crook who had taken a bribe from a Delise employee, Ginny Blake. So he set the whole thing up. I don't mean, I like, I don't want to get into side storyline too much, but he set the whole thing up where he had her come to take this bribe, mm-hmm. but he had told her that he was just going to like give her money. So it wasn't a bribe, okay. but whenever she took the money, then they got it on camera. So it looked like a bribe. And so, um, like everyone was trying to knock it in trouble. Like Ginny didn't want to get in trouble, blah, blah, blah. At the hospital, Brock ripped into Leslie about harassing Ginny. A distraught Leslie Weber took off for home, but would never get there on Friday, March 9th. Police chief Bert Ramsey showed up at the Weber's with grim news that Leslie's car had skidded off the road into an ice storm. That's what we talked about. Yes. Yep. So I'm sorry, Rick. She's gone. Rick reeled from the shock. His beloved Leslie was gone. In the days after the tragedy, Rick was cleared when Bobby went to Robert Scorpio with the information that Jenny was an actress. Robert coerced a confession out of Jenny and had Brock print a retraction in the newspaper. Rick couldn't have sued, but just Rick could have sued, but had decided to drop the matter for Mike's sake. Hurt by the tragic turn of events, Rick warned Jenny to stay away from Mike. And then it goes on about that storyline. But she was the one that was like, hey, no, that's not what happened. Right. Um, she's actually an actress and she did this just for the picture. So that's not what happened. Um, so then Bobby Brock, which is what it says, which is really weird. Oh, yeah. Her name is something different. Bobby Brock grew increasingly distanced from her husband, DL. When he struck back by hitting her, she kicked him out. Yeah, Yeah. hoping to save their marriage, she allowed him to return and even mortgaged her house Mm. to save Delise from going under. Nevertheless, when Brock learned that Delise products weren't selling, he hired an arsonist to burn the place down. To complicate matrimonial matters, Brock's spoiled and snobby daughter, Terry, moved in with her dad. Her presence put an incredible strain on the Brock marriage. 
Soon Terry got into a huge fight with her father and she headed for a bar where she proceeded to get herself arrested. Bobby bailed her out and slowly the two women bonded. I feel like that would be weird to have a stepdaughter that's the same, close to the same yeah. age as you, but okay. So now we're into 1985. Early 1985, Bobby questions her own marriage to D.L. Brock. I mean, this is a while now she's been putting yeah. up with him being abusive. Like, you should, you should have questioned this. So he had become even more violent and abusive in the new year, and Bobby realized that Brock was unbalanced when he accused her in public of having an affair with Dr. Rick Weber. Ginny Weber was also subjected to Brock's wrath when he tormented her about the time she spent in jail for smuggling drugs. I'll ruin you, he threatened in a rage. Brock's threats filled the once fiery Ginny with despair, especially as her love for Rick grew stronger. Somehow she had to stop him. After one last blow up, Bobby and Terry realized they had to get away from Brock, who had turned into a maniac. He arrived at their penthouse just as Terry and Bobby packed some clothes to move out. A bitter argument resulted and Brock brandished a gun. As Terry ran, he knocked Bobby out and she fell unconscious behind a sofa. Ginny arrived on the scene intending to threaten Brock with a fake gun, but Brock surprised her by pulling out his real gun. Brock and Ginny struggled and Brock's own gun went off, <gasps> killing him. Oh! <laughs> The police. Because well, Ginny Blake was murdered, and I still don't know that whole story. So, okay, right? yeah, I'm glad that wasn't just ruined. Right? So the police arrested and charged Bobby with murder. Ruby, Rick, Dan, Jesse, and others gave her moral support as Jake Meyer struggled to defend her against the charges. Eventually, Robert Scorpio tracked down the real killer, Ginny, and scared her into telling the truth. In the aftermath, Rick couldn't forgive his wife for her behavior towards Bobby but promised to stand by her for Mike's sake. And, go ahead. Well, no, so when Bobby was giving Alexis advice, it was based on her relationship with DL. Right, right. Remember she I said thought, I had been in an abusive relationship? Yeah, I thought she meant, like, when she was oh, being, being trafficked as a oh, teenager. Yeah, no, no, no. That she had been in... Yeah. No, horrible situation. She, she was referring to him. She gave both examples. Okay. She said, I have... I had been in a bad situation, but I didn't recognize that. Okay. So then I moved on to another bad situation gotcha. in okay. my marriage. It's a pattern, and that's what you need to watch out for with Christina. I was a hot master. In the I understand. Thing, so. so I'm just going to clarify yeah. for you because, yeah, she she was just explaining how it becomes a pattern. and then Right. You think that that's what you deserve, and that's mm -hmm. comfortable for you, so you stay in it because real, actual love doesn't feel comfortable because there's no strings attached. Oh, my God. And this is therapy with Shannon. <laughs> so in her distress, Ginny turned to Derek for solace, who offered her a shoulder to cry on and a bed to make love in. As Ginny's child a trial approached, Jake worried that Bobby would seek revenge on Ginny. But in fact, Bobby's upcoming testimony was the talk of the town. What would she say under oath? To everyone's surprise, Bobby did the unexpected and exonerated Ginny. She told a stunned courtroom that Brock had been in a homicidal rage on the night of his death. Thanks to Bobby's courtroom admission, Ginny Weber was set free. Nice. Good job doing the right thing, Bobby. Well, she was finally free to say exactly what was happening. Right. So then uh, Bobby was... Oh, she saw she was starting to get involved with um, Jake. 
So though busy with his law pra practice, Jake Meyer couldn't get Bobby Brock out of his mind. Released from jail, she continued to see Jake, but a romance was out of the question. Bobby was determined to become a self-sufficient woman, free from the heartaches of men. The two were drawn together when they bought and renovated a brownstone on Elm Street. <gasps> As the exciting project neared completion, they began to assemble tenants for their new dwelling. And just a fun fact, do you want to know who one of their first tenants was? I know this. I know this. I know this. It was it was Noah Drake, right? No, no. I know who it is. <laughs> two, we, we talked two, about this before. Two of the tenants were Bobby's stepdaughter, Terry Brock, which again, odd converse, odd like whatever, and young she Dr. Kevin O'Connor. And then there's like a whole bunch of drama between... Um, Kevin and Terry. Ryan Chamberlain was one of their same whatever tenants. he did. That's he did. what okay, that's what I was so, thinking of. Okay. Yeah. That was not the first one. Okay. So um You can't control who Terry's dad was. So that's no, nice of her too. And then this side has me all distracted because it's talking about Mr. Wu, and now I'm like, I need to talk to Mrs. Wu again. Oh my gosh. Blah blah blah. Um, we talked about all that during the Asian quarter. I know. And then here is Robin coming back to Anna. Oh, and love. Uh, At the time, mm -hmm. she was still love. Right? Right? Exactly. Oh, crazy. We yes. need to play that uh, dice game. Oh, yeah. We'd be better at it now. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Okay. I'm ready. Next. And we could get my aunt to help because it was so yes. funny because when we were talking about something and I said something about Brenda and she's like, Brenda, like back from the dead attending her own funeral, Brenda. And I'm like, yes. And she's, she's like, okay. And I'm like, if that's your last reference of the show, then yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised you haven't got her re-addicted yet. That's true. Oh my gosh. Why haven't I? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I got to work on this. All right. Yeah. <gasps> so at the renovated Brownstone, Bobby and Jake enjoyed playing landlord to a group of young people, including Frisco and Felicia. I'm just going to list off some of Can the people. Can we stop using the word name Jake, though? Right? Okay. Um, the Brownstone gang got along splendidly, except for the two that I talked about. Ooh, a is that ago who that Jake's is named after? I have no idea. Because isn't that why they named Jake Jake? Was because that was what Jason lived over was Jake's at the time. Was but that Jake? The, was, Jake, was this Jake was Jake? That, was that Jake? <laughs> was that Jake of Jake's? <laughs> was that the Jake's Jake? <laughs> or is that another Jake? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Okay. I don't know if Jake also owned a Jake's. <laughs> if you know the answer to this, did we? We did a four one one on Jake's, didn't we? We did, but even if they would have said the name, we wouldn't have known who that was. To be fair, we have done a over two hundred and fifty four one ones, and yeah, no, yeah, yeah. So anyway, when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
So, oh, same thing, Terry. They reused the name Terry. Yes. So, Terry and Kevin had a sordid past from their hometown. Not going to get into that other than um, pretending to be lovers. Jake and Bobby set out to investigate Terry. But they didn't get very far because the information wasn't so easy to ascertain because everyone, including Terry's own grandmother, Jennifer Talbot, was exceedingly uncooperative. What could the people of Laurelton possibly be hiding? So now this is a whole new town that I don't ever remember hearing, Laurelton. So they should, like, totally bring that up because they talk about um, Beecher's Corners and they talk about whatchamacallit in here like it's an everyday thing. So now we have a new town. That's not new, but we have a new town to me that I want them to. Why does it say yeah. Laurelton Murders General Hospital? <gasps> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, there's a four. Mm-hmm. There, there's a there's a write up about this. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <gasps> That's when we got Lucy. <laughs> oh, I know. Stop. Oh, I, see, <laughs> do you understand? <laughs> okay. When I even just using the book, I'm like. Oh, wait, no, I didn't start that because it wasn't important, but I really love it. Okay, so um, I will not look. (laughs) It's so hard. Oh, my God, I want to go. Okay. So hard. So back and forth, back and forth, all this stuff, tenants at the brownstone not getting along, ends up being. Being a landlord's hard. And well, this is really hard. Ends up being a murder in the brownstone. That's even more difficult. So the mysterious <laughs> murder inside the brownstone sent shockwaves through Port Charles. <gasps> Who could have committed such a heinous act of violence? Who was the unfortunate victim? The brownstone had been secretly locked at the time of the crime. Secretly? What? Or securely, that's why. Because I can't read. I'm like, why did it secretly locked? <laughs> it wasn't. It was securely locked. This is why I shouldn't have mimosas when I'm trying to read. Um, had been securely locked at the time of the crime. Chief Anna Devane began her investigation by making the building's residents her prime suspect. Jake insisted that Bobby tell the authorities that she had seen a sleepwalking Terry carrying the very same knife that someone had plunged into the victim's back. This is what they really screwed up with the hook. Yep. Sorry. I know, I know. There's so much. That in would have here. been such a great whodunit. There's so much in here that I'm really trying to not pay attention to. We got Frisco. We got the other Kevin. I wonder what the murder count is on the show too. That's a real good one. How would we even get started? Like, and I'm talking about. I mean, yes, it's murder, but do we count the shootouts? Right. Or do we just count like like this? You know. Right. I don't know. I don't know either. I I, I doubt there's a count. They How do you up. think we should track the murders on General Hospital? Yeah, Email us at peer54podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Also, if you have any additional information that is being missed during this time, please let us know. Yes. So, trial of who killed this person, what went on, blah, blah, blah. They need Lucy to confirm an alibi. She's nowhere to be found. What are we going to do? Oh, we have to do a 411 on Lucy sometime. So... Continuing on, who did what, blah, 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 Frisco and Felicia being together. Got married. Yeah, when he's saying lady of my heart, which again has nothing to do with Bobby, but it was so dark. There's Duke and Anna doing the tango. (gasps) That would have, okay, I know that you hate the tango that Duke and Anna do, but that would have been amazing if on the 60th anniversary show they had had Ann Buchanan come back and as Kelly and Val were like 
as he did the dip, he and Finola came out and were like, uh-uh. Oh, that would have been, been, been cool. Yes, that would have. That okay. would have been. I would give you that. I would give you that. That would have been that really been neat. Okay. Yes. All right. So. Sorry. No, you're good. So this is when Tony was with Tanya. Okay. So that's why there's like not much about Bobby because she's just kind of doing her own whatever. Blah, she blah, was blah. there, but just not really. She didn't have her own storyline. She was kind of just bouncing around. Exactly. She was in the hospital doing some nursing stuff, you know, keeping yes. people alive. Right. All right. The irony that Finola Hughes was in Staying Alive. So as 1986 drew to a close, several couples celebrated their good fortune. Of everyone, Tony and Tanya Jones had to be the happiest twosome in Port Charles. After Tanya went into premature labor, Bobby and her fiancé, Jake, rushed to her side to assist in the delivery of a beautiful baby girl. In appreciation, the Jones named their newborn daughter Barbara Jean, or BJ for short. Bobby, witnessing Jake's excitement over BJ's birth, became distressed by the realization that she would never be able to bear him a child. Confiding her feelings to the man she loved, Bobby set out to find the right woman to serve as a surrogate mother to have Jake's baby. Learning of Bobby's plight, Lucy Coe's ears perked up. Oh, that Lucy, what could she possibly have on her mind now? I feel bad that, like, we're celebrating the birth of this baby, and then we're like, no, that's not what we want to happen. Real quick, the Jake that Jake's was named after was a woman. Oh. And I remember that. Oh, we do We're going to talk about that. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. yes, yes, yes. But you can go listen to the entire 411 <laughs> about it's actually under the floating rib. Right. Do you know how Tony's wife died? Yeah. Do you know what she was doing? Like why she was out that day? No. She was shopping for a birthday present for Tony. I just wanted to make you sad with me. (laughs) Women, don't buy your husband's presents. Right, right. Order them from somewhere. Don't go out. That's why I shop on Amazon. We're not we're not sponsored by Amazon. You can choose. We so anywhere. should be sponsored oh, I would by love Amazon. To be sponsored by Amazon. My life is sponsored by Amazon. I just pay for it. Yeah, I'm not sure. To be fair, is the same. No, but it's nice. You can set up subscriptions. <laughs> Dear Jeff Bezos, just right. call me. I'm gonna give this tidbit. I know that again, it's not Bobby, but sometimes we saw, it matters. Yeah, we saw the um, hug between Bobby and. Lucy, yeah, about all, all the BJ yeah. stuff. So, and this kind of shows you where um, Lucy went from being the nice librarian to. Mm-mm. So, after the death of his beloved wife Tanya, Frisco's brother Tony Jones was vulnerable and lonely, the perfect candidate to become ensnared in Lucy Coe's trap. Lucy became BJ's new nanny. Didn't know that, and began preying on Tony's sympathies. <laughs> Soon after moving into Tony's home, Lucy was about to suffer a terrible tragedy of her own. Rushed to General Hospital with severe abdominal pains, Lucy miscarried her baby. Do you know who Lucy's baby daddy was? Was it Tony? It was Bobby's Jake. So it didn't start with Scott? It started with Jake. All right, here's the deal. We've been asking you guys to... If you want to do a 411 for us, like, please tell us your favorite storyline. Oh, my gosh. If you know Lucy and Bobby's story, I had no idea. Yep. 
Oh. Yep. They had a one night stand and she got pregnant. While she was with, while he was with Bobby. Bobby. Uh Uh-uh. And she got pregnant and she didn't want the baby. But wait a second. Didn't Bobby do the same thing to Laura? Oh. We're not talking about karma here. All right. All right. All right. So, so Lucy got pregnant and Lucy was like, no, you know what? I don't, I don't want the baby. <gasps> so you guys can raise it because okay. I know that you were saying that you wanted the baby. So Bobby's like, all right, I'm going to forgive, not forgive. I'm sure. But deal with you, even though you slept with my husband, cause you're going to have a baby. Right. But then that is whenever Lucy miscarried her baby. Oh, oh. So and there Jake, problems were pretty darn deep. Right. And Jake took the loss of his child with great difficulty Thank God we still have each other, he told Bobby tearfully as they abandoned their surrogacy plans and began exploring the possibility of adopting a child. What year was this? 19. Oh, never mind. You're still in the 80s. I am I am determined to find out when Molly Shannon was surrogate number two. <laughs> You're a dork. She brought it up. I didn't. Um, maybe I'll just write her a letter. Maybe I'll just write her a letter. Or an, uh, an email. Dear Molly Shannon, we have a shared name. So I need to know <laughs> what surrogate you were. <laughs> Whose surrogate were okay. you trying to be? So, this are made, you Irish? I am. This makes me really like mad sad as someone who's had a miscarriage and it makes me want to punch Lucy, but I'm going to forgive her because she's become a better person since then. So, Lucy stepped up her quest to snare Tony within days. No. Of her miscarriage, no. she was back in the Jones household using her now trim body to entice Tony, who couldn't help but notice Lucy's stunning shape. Tell me a man wrote that story without telling me a man wrote that story. I hate I hate that whole thing that I just said. But seriously, a man 100% wrote, first of all, mm-hmm. no, body, mm-hmm. nope. Mm-hmm. Secondly, mm-hmm. pretty darn sure she would not be feeling it. And thirdly, I don't think she'd have been able to, correct? Right. Okay, cool. Right. She didn't hook up with him then. She was just dressing like whatever. Still, but she wouldn't be able to hook up with him for quite some time. So again, still, emotionally, you right, would right. not But it even. seemed like she wasn't really emotional because she had already, not that, that giving your baby up for adoption means you don't care, but she was just like, Okay. But like, if anything, that's actually more because she was emotionally invested in giving that baby to somebody else. So therefore she would have felt that she had let three people down, not just herself. Right. In my opinion. I don't know. Right. I don't know. Right. I didn't watch the storyline. Nope. 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 So I'm just going to continue with a little more Lucy so we understand. Okay. Yes. We, you have to there. give them side stories. Exactly. exactly. No one has ever written in and been like, why would you talk more about that side <laughs> I'm just story? saying I can't just stick to one storyline. I got to give you other. Guess and what? Neither can the show. Sure. There we go. They all overlap at like some that. point. So um, as the days passed, Tony tried in vain to fight his temptation. One night he gave into his lust and kissed her passionately. I'm... I'm so sorry, he apologized, retreating upstairs. Oozing sex appeal, Lucy was unstoppable. On yet another steamy night, craving her artful form, Tony kissed Lucy again. Finally, he couldn't contain his lust another second. After an arousing game of Scrabble. <laughs> you know what? Listen. Nothing gets you going like Nothing. some Scrabble? Oh, I've, I've been trying to hold that in. <laughs> That is it for me. Triple word points, baby. Take your clothes off. (laughs) So, um, after an arousing game of Scrabble. Triple X has a new meaning then. (laughs) (laughs) Triple X word score. Anyway, 
Um, I want to see that Scrabble game. Right, right. Like, I wonder what words they were putting. If they were putting, like, sexy Do they make sexy Scrabble? They don't, but we should market that. Or not that I should. know of, anyway. I suck at regular Scrabble. Scrabble. So, um, I probably wouldn't be very good at sexy Scrabble. But we should market that. Like, in the back of Spencer's, get your sexy Scrabble endorsed by Amanda and Shannon. Anyway. Uh, After an arousing game of Scrabble, Tony carried Lucy off to bed for the first time. Despite the stern warnings of his wary friends, Dr. Jones took the sexy Miss Coe as his wife in a hastily arranged ceremony. What? The spare wedding didn't phase Lucy. She had triumphantly nabbed her prey. Now Lucy Jones was determined to take her new place as the dutiful beneficial wife on a prominent Port Charles doc- of a prominent Port Charles doctor. Lucy's wacky and tacky Aunt Charlene. I love Aunt Charlene. You don't know Aunt Charlene, do you? I saw her during oh. something. Cause remember I didn't know who she was oh, and right. I was like, who is this one? What was it? I don't know, but I love do Aunt Charlene. Like that's that when I met her. Anyway, did she have anything to do with the Aztec princess during that time? Maybe. I don't know. I know that I discovered her and I was like, who the heck is this woman? That's Aunt Charlene. If you need to see a picture of her. Lucy's wacky and tacky. Aunt Charlene sashayed into town, intending to share her niece's good fortune. Charlene, a Southern belle with dubious credentials, insinuated herself into the Joneses household as the housekeeper without telling Tony that Lucy was kin. You're nothing but a whore. <laughs> Bellowed a livid Bobby to Lucy upon hearing of the marriage to Tony. I love this. At the time, Bobby was on the long road back from paralysis. She was helped through therapy by a marvelous, optimistic, paraplegic Mark Martha McKean who was suffering from pneumonia. When Martha took a turn for the worse, Bobby and Jake became guardians of her two children, teenager Melissa and 10-year-old Skeeter. As Bobby's limbs grew stronger, she felt up to the task of raising the McKee children. Melissa posed the biggest problem when she rebelled against Bobby's house rules, spurring her boyfriend, Corey Blythe, and began hanging out with a bad crowd. I don't know who any of these people are. I don't either. I didn't know that Bobby had somebody had, like, else's kids. Right. Two kids. Like, where were they? I don't know. I don't okay. ever remember seeing them. Um, one, wild, one wild night, the and rowdy Skeeter. Martha? Skeeter's little. Melissa is the big, <laughs> is the older girl. Okay. No, Melissa's. Yeah. Two children, teenager Melissa and 10 year old Skeeter. Okay. All right. So they're not listening to Bobby. So one wild night, the rowdy teenagers ended up robbing Kelly's and injuring (gasps) Ruby. No. In fear, Melissa and her friend Lori ran away. Taking a bus to Miami, they became instant prey to a pimp. Ow. No. Who forced the girls to enter the seedy world of prostitution. Corey and another of Melissa's suitors, Greg, rushed to Florida and phoned Bobby. She decided to fly to Miami herself without telling Jake where she was going because she feared she might have to resort to unorthodox methods to rescue the young people. Heck yeah. Posing as a high-class call girl, Bobby re-entered a world that was all too familiar to her from her own teenage years. Working for Al, Bobby delayed her John with a slow striptease 
Ortiz. Then, to avoid sleeping with him, she phoned the police to alert them to Al's illegal activities. But the plan backfired. The local vice squad caught Bobby and threw her in jail. Finding out about Bobby's ruse, Al arranged for the story of her prostitution rap to be published in the papers. A local lawyer took note of Bobby's photo in the papers and showed up at the jail to bail her out. Bobby gasped upon seeing her savior. Know who it was? Tony. Scotty! 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 Mm-hmm. Because it was none other than Scotty Baldwin. By the way, I just started making a list of Bobby and Lucy guys. So that's why. That's why she was distracted. She's got a Bobby and Lucy guys pen and paper going. Scotty's help so relieved Bobby that she decided to forgive him for his past transgressions. With Melissa and Lori in tow, Bobby headed back to Port Charles, unaware of the wrath she was about to encounter. A shocked Jake learned of Bobby's sordid exploits not from his wife, but from the front page of the Port Charles Herald. And his worst fears were realized when the courts took away Skeeter and Melissa. Mm. Of course, Jake was livid with his wife. Thank goodness for Scotty Baldwin. He offered Bobby solace and a helpful hand when she needed it most. Nearly a decade after they first met, Scotty and Bobby were closer than ever. Scotty really is such a complex guy right? because, oh, okay. But Lucy hasn't been with Scotty yet. No. Okay. No, I don't think so. I try to stay away from Lucy's storyline. Darn it. But Lucy and Bobby fighting over Scotty is a thing. Right, right, right. Um, so Bobby, oh wait, did I change years? I got so excited. I was moving forward. Yes. 1988. Okay. 1988. Bobby and Jake's marriage continues to unravel and Scotty Baldwin's presence in the brownstone didn't help relations between the Myers. Their union was dealt another blow when the adoption agency removed their name from the list of prospective parents because of Bobby's prostitution in Florida late in 1987. The agency's decision devastated Bobby, whose yearning for a child had developed into an obsession and ultimately drove Jake over the edge. Pushed to the breaking point, Jake considered leaving Port Charles for a time to help Uranian Uruguayan flood victims. When Bobby refused to go with him, he left anyway without even saying goodbye to his wife. Jake's departure crushed Bobby, but never fear, Scotty was there to take care of her. You can always rely on me, Bobby, he purred. To a distraught Bobby, Scotty had good intentions, but try telling that to Ruby and Terry. They refused to believe that Scotty Baldwin was anything but a two-bit shyster and con artist. Port Charles' old guards Steve, Audrey, and Jesse weren't sure what to think about young Mr. Baldwin's apparent new leaf. Scotty skillfully stepped in and offered to take over Jake's practice. Was this a new Scotty Baldwin? Apparently not. The real Scotty Baldwin was as sleazy as ever. While working at the hospital... While working as the hospital's counsel, he used his position to filter funds from the Tanya Jones daycare center bank accounts. Is that why we don't have the daycare anymore? At the Browns. Because we talked about that when we talked about, are you kidding me? I just love reading this, TG. Do you understand why I wouldn't share? Yes. (laughs) 
I appreciate this. <laughs> this is probably more enjoyable for a lot of other people. At the brownstone, Scotty intercepted a letter from Jake to Bobby and discreetly removed the last page in which Jake offered an explanation for his actions and expressed his love to Bobby. Scotty made sure that Bobby never saw that part of the letter. In Jake's next letter, he asked Bobby to come to Uruguay and join him. Again, Scotty intercepted the note and continued to feed Bobby's resentment towards her husband. Next, he allowed her to receive one of Jake's letters, but this one had an angry, bitter tone. Finally, Jake called Bobby and coldly told her of his intention to remain in Uruguay for two years. Scotty, of course, was there to comfort a devastated Bobby. Putting the final nail in the marital coffin, he maneuvered to keep Bobby from receiving flowers from Jake. He then sent and made sure she saw a photo of a newspaper that had Jake with his arm around a pretty volunteer. Mm-mm. I'm divorcing Jake. Scotty managed to hold back a sly smile as Bobby broke the news of the disillusion of her marriage. Within days, Scotty had Bobby just where he wanted her, in his bed. When Ruby found Scotty and Bobby together, she let it be known plainly that she did not approve. Four months passed before Bobby wised up to Scotty's dirty tricks. When she did, <laughs> of Ruby. When she did, she tossed him out of the brownstone and out of her life. Look how young they are! Look at I know. I saw that. it. That is so. Oh, that's the one thing that was killing me about the clips that they were showing. I mean. Ugh. Jeannie Francis has always been like a porcelain doll. Right, right. I mean, she's just, but looking at all of them, like, so young, and then. Yep. It's so crazy. Good thing we don't age like that. Never. <laughs> um, after dumping Scotty Baldwin, Bobby sought out an interesting man that she met, of all places, a bar. The handsome gent was everything that Scotty wasn't. Sophisticated, suave, successful, and married. Trapped in 8988. 88? Okay. Because I think I'm almost 80. Because I don't know who this person is then. That's what I'm trying to think. I'm like, oh, I'm trying to play guess who. So, um, trapped, because they all say they are, sorry, trapped in a loveless marriage, Gregory Howard enjoyed his stoolside chats with Bobby, and she found him comforting and fun to be with. They always are when they're not your yeah, husband. Yeah, I have no idea who that is either. <laughs> After weeks of chatting, Gregory finally persuaded Bobby to go away with him for the weekend. But their plans fell through when a political party drafted Gregory to run for the state assembly. The news crushed I Bobby. I know. The news crushed Bobby, who realized that his politics would prevent her from finding happiness with her new man. Once again, Bobby was heartbroken and alone. And... So the, the Tanya Jones daycare center was still going forward somewhat because now we have some information here about Lucy and how she wanted to chair it. And we got Aunt Charlene, but I'm not going to get into all of that. Okay. This is when Colton came around. Oh, man. So hard. All right. Let's see where else. Oh, and then if this is just like a quick little blip, but just the fact of we talk about Felicia's friendship and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it came to Felicia that Frisco had passed away. And so Terry and Bobby tried to cheer up Felicia, who had received Frisco's wedding ring from the WSB. And that was sad. I just sad. She was there for that. And then, oh, I was distracted by Tony. Sorry. No, it's okay. So then, um, Oh, man. I don't even know how to, like... Okay, so there was a trial. 
And it brought Jake back. So at the trial's conclusion, Jake Meyer tried to reconcile with Bobby, who was too hurt and confused to resume their marriage. So he returned to Uruguay, leaving her with a tough choice, divorce papers or a plane ticket to join him. After agonizing over Jake's ultimatum, she chose to get on with her life alone, but she wasn't truly alone. Lucy panicked when she perceived that Bobby was going after her estranged husband, Tony. Though both would deny it, Tony and Bobby had grown closer over the course of the year. He even changed his will to appoint Bobby as guardian of both BJ and her trust fund. Scott suggested that Lucy forget about Tony. And then Lucy's upset, says, what about me? She wants the money, blah, blah, blah. So... So Frisco's not dead, in case anyone didn't know. <gasps> Frisco's not dead. <laughs> and Frisco shares a warm reunion with his brother, Tony Jones, who was in the middle of a horrible year marred by messy marital troubles. Lucy was driving Tony crazy. In the center of the turmoil, Tony began to suffer terrifying dizzy spells and blurred vision. <laughs> Tess determined. I know when this is. Okay. <laughs> Tony or Tess determined that he needed brain surgery, which he delayed until it was too late. After a stressful argument with Lucy, Tony collapsed. Bobby found her fallen friend and rushed him to General Hospital for emergency surgery. Since Lucy was nowhere to be found, Bobby authorized the surgery, which outraged Lucy, who declared all-out war on Bobby Meyer. If Tony died, Bobby would gain control of BJ's trust fund, and Lucy wanted desperately to control the purse swings. Much to the relief of his loved ones. Strings. Is that what I said? Swings. I said swings? (laughs) Okay. No more mimosas for me. Lucy wanted desperately to control the purse strings. Swings would be much funner, though. So, much to everyone's happiness, Tony made it through surgery, but the delicate operation left him blind. Over the course of the spring and summer, Bobby grew closer than ever to the Jones family as she lovingly assisted Tony in the care of his infant daughter, BJ. Afraid to declare her love, a jealous Bobby sat back and watched Tony date his therapist, Valerie Freeman, whom I also don't know. Well, okay, so we talked about Tony being blind mm-hmm. when we talked about the Aztec princess, yeah, right? I'm getting there. I'm getting I there. don't think I realized that he was married to Lucy at the time. Mm-hmm. Did we? But they Did were estranged. That? But but I don't. I don't think we I knew that they were like still married. We that... knew they were separated, so I think we just assumed it was divorce. Why do I not? Okay, I've had some mimosas, so there's that. Also, we've learned a lot over the past few years, so there's that too. I don't remember Lucy being married to Tony. Yeah, you knew that Lucy was married to Tony Did I? at some point because that is how she like thought of Lu- thought of BJ as her daughter. I didn't know that she nannied before she married. That's what, okay, but that's the thing. Like, are we crisscrossed? You didn't realize they actually got married. I didn't realize she started out as a babysitter. I can't, no, I I don't remember Lucy being really involved with him. If you had asked me like three days ago, I really don't think that I'd have been like, yeah, sure, they were. Uh Yep, they were married. I forget this stuff sometimes. First of all, happened before I was, oh no, I was born then, but I wasn't watching the show yet. Well, I don't know what was wrong with you. I know. But anyway. Why don't I remember every single thing that's happened in my entire life? I have no idea. You will know this. As I'm moving forward, you will know this. Okay. I promise. Although I I don't know the name Valerie Freeman. Apparently she was Tony's therapist. Bobby poured her energies into adopting the child she had always wanted. 
but her devotion to Tony during his illness prevented her from filling out the adoption papers on time. I didn't know that was his, not his fault, but his, because of him either. Uh, later, an adoption was arranged, but Bobby was devastated when the birth mother, Molly, reusing a name, backed out at the last second. Desperate Bobby contacted an illegal baby broker who arranged for her to obtain the child she always wanted. Unbeknownst to anyone. That would have been awesome if they had done that. uh, Madeline Reeves, she can get you a baby. No, but that would have been more awesome if they had done that. Yeah. Like done like a callback to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. They should have. Sorry. That's okay. (laughs) Unbeknownst to anyone, Bobby's newly adopted baby belonged to Tiffany's sister and mm-hmm. Robert's former girlfriend, yep. Cheryl Stansberry. Yep. Cheryl had given birth to the child, and upon emerging from the anesthesia, she was told that her baby had died. But unbeknown by anyone, Cheryl's shady doctor had handed the baby over to a baby broker, Clayton, who sold the baby to Bobby. In New York City, Wait. Cheryl... Mm-hmm, yeah, I didn't know that he was stolen. I didn't know that. I thought I that thought she was, gave him up yeah. for adoption and then changed her mind. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad we're in, uninfluenced oh. together. Oh, no. that's, that's that makes so much more sense why there was such the fight. Yes. So, I mean, I thought it was horrible to begin with that, like, she changed her mind and they had to go to court and blah, blah, blah. But that's even right, worse. But if she didn't horrible. know, then she right. wasn't changing her mind. Right. I want my baby back. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Take a sip of my drink. Why would you stop me? <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. Take a sip drink down because I just know that as soon as I go to take a step, she's gonna do it. I'm not doing it. Are you sure? Because if I start I'm reading, I'm sticking in my head and I'm looking at my NSYNC Fisher Price dolls because they did a commercial. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> All right. Please. Okay, I'm moving on. Barbecue sauce. (laughs) Oh my god. Why'd you do that? (laughs) Okay, it just came out, but then I knew where you were going. So in New York, Cheryl grieved the loss, then headed to Port Charles, where an unsuspected Bobby had joyfully named the miracle baby boy Lucas after her own brother Luke. Meanwhile, another miracle was about to occur on the Port Charles docks. While walking on the waterfront, Tony Jones regained his eyesight just in time to push Bobby and BJ out of the way of an oncoming forklift. Wow. Only Frisco and she knew that he could see again because Tony wanted to keep the news secret so he could help Frisco in his kamikaze pursuit of domino i don't know who domino is but i do remember that there was like shady stuff going on back okay then. remember no um, no <laughs> i don't remember <laughs> oh, okay and then back in port charles bobby's friends shared her joy as baby lucas was christened at the brownstone how do you get christened at the brownstone the party was at the brownstone you don't get christened at the brownstone but anyway, maybe they were concerned with all the stuff going on around them. So they did it. At, I don't know. Sure. A teary Cheryl Stansberry sadly looked on, unaware that Bobby's precious new baby was actually hers. Oh, my gosh. After a whirlwind courtship. Okay, wait. It's going to go right into the courtship but or right into the, the other good stuff. But here we saw this, but I just have to read it because this is the marriage proposal I wanted. Okay. In 1989, Tony Joe's. Jones stunned Bobby Meyer with a proposal. Bobby said, Tony, what is this? 
what's it for? And Tony said, what it is, is a ring. And what it's for, it's to become engaged. That's what it is. And it has a special wish from me that you accept it. And Bobby said, oh, Tony, you're my best friend. And Tony said, friends can become lovers. It's happened. I love you. And it is a love different from any love I've ever had and good and strong and beyond friendship. Will you marry me? And Bobby said, I'd love to marry you. And he had the jar with the cotton balls in it and the ring. And that was the proposal I wanted. It was so cute. It was I so unexpected. Love Tony. Like, and that's Tony. Like that's that's if you guys never had the opportunity to really watch the show while Tony was on, that's the kind of guy Tony was. Yep. You know, that was oh, it was oh, it just it gives me goosebumps reading it because I loved it. So then I need to find that. Um, back in Port Charles. Oh, I already read all that. So they had the thingy for Lucas. And then after a whirlwind courtship, Tony surprised Bobby with a very special wedding in Puerto Rico. Terry, Frisco, BJ, and Lucas looked on as Bobby Spencer. No, Bobby. Yes, Bobby Spencer, Brock Myers added Jones, which I thought was really funny because I'm like, we always make fun of Laura for all her names. Right. Bobby Spencer, Brock Myers added Jones to her long list of names. Uh, and then it goes on. There was another surprise in store for the visitors from Port Charles. Felicia, Felicia was staying in the same Puerto Rican hotel and it goes all into all of that. So, um, then Lucy raged when she heard about Bobby and Tony's wedding. Soon the former Mrs. Jones attention was diverted when she began receiving expensive gifts from an anonymous admirer. Having lost Tony, Lucy moved in with Scotty Baldwin and that will be a whole nother story because I'm not going to continue deep diving into them. But that's where Lucy was at. Okay. She's very mad. So now we're into the 90s. You get to take over. I got to cover all of her men and her calling people a whore. And <laughs> all the reasons why she shouldn't have liked Scotty, but she forgave him and he helped her out in the end. And all the reasons that her and Lucy hated each other because they fought over Scott and Tony. And Jake. And Jake. Yes. Wow. So thank you for letting me have story time because this was so good. It was just so good. Thank you. You're welcome. There was. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't let Shannon talk today. No, it's totally fine. I like being, obviously, being surprised and finding stuff out. I just needed you to like. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't have you read it and be like, wait, what did I just read? I needed to see your face. Well, and I didn't read the scrapbook. Right. Look, and I have it. I have it sitting right here. I I was like, oh, I wonder what's in there. Because I saw you walk in with it. I was like, okay, I'll grab it. Oh, yeah. I didn't check the travel guide. I don't know if there'd be anything I don't think there is either. Yeah. I just grabbed it because it was on the... Yeah, you keep them together. You know. So, um, yeah. So, next week, we will continue Bobby. The goal is the 90s, but... She did a lot in the 90s. So yeah. We're going to, like, there's a lot of heavy yeah, stuff. You might that, have to split that up. That might have to be. Oh. So she's going to cry about all the BJ stuff. Yeah. But then you get the interests that I are know. fine. But then I have to deal with the Cassidine stuff where, you know, he kind of really messed that up on her. Yeah. 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 But now you know where she learned all her life lessons. Yes. In the 70s and 80s. Oh, oh I got to deal with the Carly stuff, though. Yeah. Oh. Oh. oh, I bet she's going to use that horror word again. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to guess that that might come up. So go on YouTube and watch. Oh, if you want to cry, watch the BJ storyline. If 
you want to. If you want to feel mushy, watch the engagement. Have you never watched the I engagement? I don't think I ever have. Hold on. Oh my god, right. you have to look it up right now. Looking you up have right to now. hear his voice. Well, that's it's what I was so saying. Like sweet. I could hear it, and I was like, oh yeah, that's Tony. Okay, Tony Jones propose Bobby. Bobby. <laughs> There's him dying. No, no, no dying. Spoiler alert if you haven't, if you don't know this by now. You know that Tony died by now. Why is it not on here? It has to be on there. Don't Tony make, Jones proposes to Bobby. Don't make me dig out my VHS tape of ABC's best weddings, ABC General Hospital best weddings, because I will. There's the wedding. Oh, there's the ripped, wedding. I just ripped my mic off. <laughs> There's the Sorry, wedding. Guys. No. But there's no, no. proposal. There's they make up. No. But no. no. I no, I am like I'm far down. Oh, there's Tony listening to BJ's heart. Ha, you're gonna have to no, we're not on Tony. Never mind. <laughs> I was gonna be like, ha, you have to deal with his death. No, 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 no. No. That's what I'm saying. Like so many of these Wait, wait, wait. That you would think. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Okay. 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 It may look like an old jar full of cotton balls, but it's not. Is it? No. It's a magical jar. And inside it, there's a special wish. And if you're pure of heart, turn it upside down, and that special wish will fall right into the palm of your hand. Don't rattle it. Tony, what is this? What is this one? What it is is a ring. And what it's for is to become engaged. That's what it is. That's a special wish from me that you accept it. Oh, Tony, you're my best friend. Friends can become lovers. It's happened. I love you. And it is a love different than any love I've ever had. Strong and beyond friendship. Will you marry me? I'd love to marry you. Okay, that was awesome. That was so, so sweet. What? And it was the day after my seventh birthday. It doesn't hurt that that rock was huge, especially for in the 80s either. <sighs> that was the proposal I wanted. That was really sweet. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel all gushy inside. It does. Did I ever tell you about mine? The movie uh, Thing Called Love, where River Phoenix is in a gas station and he has a bunch of quarters because he is just trying to get a ring out of the quarter machine. And that's what he proposes with because he couldn't wait another minute to not ask Miranda Presley, no relation, to marry him. That's what I always wanted. That's very Like sweet. straight out of the gumball machine, though. Yeah. Like I would have taken the quarter. Yeah. He spent five bucks on it, sure. But yeah, it was, he was standing there the whole time. They were on a road trip to Graceland and his name was James. It wasn't, but River Phoenix, it was actually his last movie. Very sad. But they were on a road trip and they stopped at the convenience store for snacks. And as she was buying like the chips and everything, he was standing over by the gumball machine just Yeah, and I was always I'm like, oh, that'd be really sweet to just you know, yeah, be proposed to because that was the you just couldn't they couldn't wait, you know. That's kind of what Tony just did to Bobby was they weren't even really together. They weren't. They were just just best friends. Yep, and that's aw, so cute, very cute, very very cute. All right, got to end on that. Yes. So join us next week as we talk. Okay, so next Thursday. We're going to talk about Bobby in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And on Monday, we're going to discuss this week's shows, which who knows? I, I feel like they're done with the Bobby Memorial. I'm sure that she's still going to pop up I'm from time to time. Her but here the, and there, but 
Not I think the, we've moved on. Yeah, they did such a good job. They did. It was a nice closing. It was. Yeah. So have a good weekend. And we'll meet you at the pier. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed today's show, we invite you to go to pier54podcast.com to subscribe on your favorite platform. Don't forget to leave us a review. And you can also follow us on many social media channels. Just search for Pier 54 Podcast. Also, we are not perfect, so if there is something that we missed or messed up, just let us know by emailing us at peer54podcast at gmail.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.